Brian says, not everything you see on the internet is the truth, especially Photoshopped arrival boards. Challenger 14460 is currently in Winnipeg, not Vegas for the Super Bowl. So according to Brian, yesterday people got bamboozled uh, by the buck, you will. And he says, where's Trudeau on Super Bowl Sunday? And uh, reader's context, this image is Photoshopped. So there you go. There you go. The, there was no community note on it yesterday. And I did say, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Take it with a grain of salt, but that's what this says. So... When I get things wrong, or if I imply something incorrectly, I try and update you and correct when I know. And I, I saw that. Yeah, I saw it yesterday after the Super Bowl because I went in and asked my wife. I said, like, has anybody seen Trudeau? Because they were going, they were doing zoom ups of Jay Z and all sorts of people. There were upside down crosses, all sorts of all sorts of stuff, um, all all sorts of celebrity spottings, right, by the Super Bowl cameras, I guess. And I I thought to myself, for kickoffs and things, you're looking down the nostrils of the player doing the action. It's crazy how good the TV like video quality is. And I thought like, do these people have TVs in their suites from the Super Bowl? Because it looks like they wouldn't have a very good seat. I've got a much better seat here, right? Anyway, my wife said, no, nobody, nobody's seen Justin Trudeau. We haven't seen him yet. And I said, okay, well, cool. And then I came out to my studio and I saw that tweet. And I thought, well, you know, wouldn't you know it, right? Anyway, um, very interesting. And I was going to say son of a bitch, right? Speaking of son of a bitch, here's Joe Biden. <laughs> and he says, um, just like we drew it up. So what is he talking about? There was a big attack yesterday, um, a, a bloody attack on, I can't, Rafaela. I'm probably saying that very wrong. Uh, and people are saying this is very gauche of Joe Biden to post this during the Super Bowl and during the um the bloody massacre at the city. And I just thought it was interesting because like both the Super Bowl and the bloody massacre probably went just just as planned. As I said, Taylor Swift and her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey won, right? Won the Super Bowl. And, you know, they're going to endorse, I think right away they endorsed Biden and uh, Biden was like, yep, bam. And this was posted, somebody said this is posted at 10.50 p.m., five hours after Joe was tucked into bed by the nurses, which in turn posted this. <laughs> so... Pretty wild stuff. Very interesting. Uh, I had more about the the Super Bowl, but then I realized I really don't care about the Super Bowl at all. So uh, sorry, this there won't be any uh, there won't be any more mention of Tyler Taylor Swift or Kelsey or whatever his name is um, or anything else, unless I'm making fun of them. Um, okay, here's here is a, a very serious story. Let's move into electioneering because I think we are in the pre pre dance phases of an election. Um, Noel in the kitchen table talk yesterday was talking about how his riding was being audited or checked out for um, an election in the near future. Some people are speculating a spring election. Who knows? Who knows? And like, these are just kind of small rumors here and there. I haven't actually heard anything more official than just random people saying, ooh, could there be a spring election? So I, I wouldn't put much faith in it. Um, but it's interesting, the tough on crime angle the conservatives are trying to pull. And a lot of the things that are happening are playing into their hand. And I'll show you that right now. And the, as that's going on, because it's the liberal policies just in action, really, as that's going on, and, and the conservatives say, we'll stop this, you know, law and order and all the rest of it. Um, as that's going on, the liberals look more and more desperate on social media. And that's interesting to me, right? So here's the first one. And Just Bins says, Regina's fire department was notified around 3.40 a.m. on Friday, February 9th, about a fire at a historic downtown church, Blessed, Sacra Blessed Sacrament Parish. If you know this person, contact the RPS at blah or Crime Stoppers, right? So there, there's a Nest camera and he's got a gas can and he's very brazen. Uh, oops, sorry, full desktop here. 
can have one, one, one problems. But that's that right and so what what an idiot and also um, people are doing this kind of thing because it's an ideological war this is not just targeting churches and justin trudeau is not ignoring this by accident okay it's not accidental that this is happening uh chris says this is at least the 97th canadian church that's been vandalized burned to the ground or desecrated in the last two to three years since the mass grave hoax began yeah and we'll talk about that again as as well actually i'll pull it up now Jonathan Kay says a Danish newspaper has run a story about the unmarked grave social panic that Canada went through in 2021. It notes that more than 2.5 years later, no graves have been found. And so that's interesting. And he's got a link to the article. And BRNII says, why are they not digging up these unmarked graves? Why are Danish media reporting on this and not CTV News or Global News or CBC? This could be the reason no one trusts you guys and you're losing your jobs. <laughs> yeah, maybe it could be one of those things, right? Maybe. Um, so it's very interesting how all of this is intertwined and turning a blind eye because they caused this problem in the first place by making these allegations unfounded or medium founded, but medium founded. They, f they used ground penetrating radar and then they used that what was seen by the ground penetrating ra radar as a pretext to launch this uh, this kind of attack against the Catholic Church, against the history of Canadians, reimagining, rewriting history. And then now that it's all rolled out and we've got Truth and Reconciliation Day and we've got people burning churches, et cetera, et cetera, the government doesn't want to correct the record. They don't want they don't want to say, oh, actually, we got it real wrong, right? Like they're not able to say, oh man, that was photoshopped. Like we, we didn't do our due diligence, right? And so it's causing damage. It's causing real damage, right? And that's not good. Uh, Russell is responding to the National Post. National Post says this, this is playing into the conservatives hand and this is liberal policies in action. And it says two-year-old, this is sensitive, okay? So discretion advised, I'm sorry. Two-year-old found with a syringe in her mouth at playground taken to hospital in Ottawa. That's not good right? Like first, you got to do a sweep of the playground, but I understand you can miss a syringe. Even if you have the best of intentions, they can disappear, right? Sometimes you can be looking at something, you got a bread, a bread tag and you, you put it down on the counter and then you're looking for the bread tag and you're like, I know I put it down right here. It's here somewhere. And you can't see it it's right in front of your face. Sometimes you can just be blind to things that are staring you right in the face. So you can miss things like that, right? So um, Russell says, I was repeatedly told that this never happens. People being stuck with addicts, dirty needles is is just a right-wing conspiracy theory, right? Do you think so? And this is unbelievable to me. And again, it plays into the conservatives' hands. It plays into that situation completely. 
Here is more soft on crime stuff and how it plays into the CPC's hand of being able to sell their will be tough, you know, law and order and stuff will be tough on crime. Um, Pierre Polyev says accused extortionist back on the street on bail and Trudeau's catch and release chaos stopped the crime. And so this is arrested Aaron Deep Thind. He's a 39 year old male. And I think he's the middle guy here. I could be wrong. Yeah, I think that's him, right? That's him, isn't it? It's gotta be him. Uh, this just keep made, like, this made me laugh, but he's probably a very dangerous individual. But it just made me laugh how, like, he, he's dressed and his car's got an AK-47 decal on the side. And Justice Queen says, Gajan Ajit Singh, 23, Amulan Deep Singh, 23, Hajmeet Kerr, 25, and Lehmanjot Kerr have all been arrested in extortion threats terrorizing the South Asian community in Peel. Gagan has also appeared, appears to be an international student at Sheridan College. Oh, right. Look at this guy. Here we go. This is uh, 17 seconds of him. I guess this is him. This is the video posted by um, that Twitter account or X account. Um, it just killed me. I thought, I thought it was the funniest thing ever. Like this guy, don't mess with this guy though. Here we go. So there you go, right? This is the kind of stuff, like, what? This was not something that people in Canada were concerned about a while ago. And by a while ago, I mean 15 years, right? Um, 2008, you weren't worried about that. You were worried about the Lehman Brothers going bankrupt. Contrarian says, when reality trumps politics, liberals' $10 a day daycare isn't living up to its promises and parents are noticing. Waiting lists are busting. Daycares, uh, daycare providers are protesting that the program is driving them out of business and childcare spots actually drying up in some cities. Yeah. Is anyone surprised? Nothing the liberals do is ever thought out. It's purely for vote pandering. So they say they see a problem and then they say, we're going to fix the problem, despite the fact that they have no experience fixing the problem and, and have no idea what will work. They're just going to throw money at it. We're going to work with the provinces and the stakeholders and throw money at it. And then when the stakeholders say, this is what we need, they say, there's not enough equity here. Have you done a gender balance study? And then they bring in a man dressed as a woman to do the gender balance study and everybody loses. Here's a news article about the $10 a day daycare as the Liberals universal daycare policy unravels conservatives could go on the offensive if the conservative party wanted to offer an alternative like a boosted child care benefit or renegotiated deals with the provinces that offer much more flexibility. This may be the moment. So yeah, I mean, this would be a good time to unroll your plank for what you're going to do for parents instead of this $10 a day daycare thing. That's a complete mess, right? And maybe get unions on board. But again, that's playing old politics in the old system where we actually have a choice. And again, probably, right, Pierre Polyev is going to win. He's going to win in a strong majority. He's going to ax the tax, as he says. Things are going to get cheaper. People will say, we've won. And maybe we go back to like, 20, like I said, 2018 levels of freedom. But they're going to be moving on digital currencies. They're going to be moved, moving on digital identities, biometrics, um, social credit scores, all of that stuff. And I'll show you, we're coming, we're coming to that part in the show, but there's, they're going to be doing that just the same. So while people will celebrate, I just like this Danielle Smith thing, I am an outlier because I do not believe 15 year olds should get sterilizing cross-sex hormones. And I don't believe 17 year olds should have access to surgeries when the only problem is they're disassociating from their sex organs. 
having surgery when you're disassociating from your sex organ isn't good. It's bad. And like I can't request my hand to be removed in order because I am disassociating with it. And so we shouldn't allow children to do that, right? And so it's it's a very it's a very um interesting situation, in my opinion, that the liberals have bent reality to a degree where like nobody trusts anything that they're doing. And well, I mean, can we have a situation where people are voting like C4, like Pierre Polyev voting for C4 um, and voting for children to be transitioned sexually and you're not allowed to, as a, as a parent, say like, this, you're not going to give my kid sterilizing hormones, like holy smoke, no, um, they're a child, you can't do that. Uh, and then you put that that parent in jail. Like we are in a situation where that's being normalized. And like when I'm, when I say 2018 freedom, that's what I mean too right? Like that level of, you have to accept this. Like there is, there is no going back to reality. We have to accept that people are going to be butchered or are going to be cut up because they are trying to um, have gender affirming surgery and all of the government parties that are viable are supporting it, right? I'm an outlier because I think that that's crazy. And I, I think that that's crazy, right? Like Pierre Polyev has been on the record and said, no, um, no surgeries until adults, 18 plus. So that's good. And no, he doesn't believe in um, cross-sex hormones because that sterilizes people and that's permanent. So he said that, but his vote in the House of Commons is yes to C4, which criminalizes any kind of, it led to the, the arrest and the, and the imprisonment of the parent who was trying to stop his, his child from, from transitioning, right? And so you can't transition just like you can't fly. If I cut your legs off, like if I just cut your legs off and tell you that after I cut your legs off, you can fly. And then I cut your legs off and you can't fly. Like what are your recourses? That's what they're selling. It's fantasy. It's complete fantasy. And like, I'm worried that we're going to compromise because it's better than, it's better than nothing. You know, we're going to compromise on this and we're, we're further down the road um, than ever before. You know what I'm saying? Because we're compromising to get back to normal. Well, it's, it's going to be anything but normal, I'm telling you. And I, I hope I'm wrong. I desperately hope I'm wrong. I hope Pierre Polyev comes in because I mean, I don't think there's anything I can do to stop that because it looks like that's where the pendulum's going at this point in time. I think I said 222 seats and the liberals are even down in the 30s again. Um, so I hope I'm wrong, but it seems like we're, we're going to be bamboozled with economic success while they steal reality out from under us, right? And it's just, it's very concerning. Um, moving on, here's Naya and she says, what's more shocking from the fiscally responsible Trudeau government is not the $96,000 Ford F-150s, but $96,000, yeah, Ford F-150s, but the 47 cars and SUVs that were bought at $84,000 each, $84,000 fleet vehicles, what? So here is Blacklock's reporters and or Blacklock's reporter, and they say um, the Department of Industry last year bought more than $1.5 million worth of American-made electric Ford pickups at $96,000 a piece. Records show we're in the big leagues, Industry Minister Francois-Philippe Champagne earlier told reporters. I think that they were planning on charging the market, like charging the market until the consumer catches up or we force the consumer to buy these things, right? They're charging the market with buying fleet vehicles that are expensive, way too expensive, double, triple the price. Like you don't need to spend that on, on a fleet vehicle. It's like <laughs> you get air conditioning and it'll get you there and back. That's it. And I mean, I remember the 80s and 90s, man. Nobody had air conditioning. Roll down the windows. We drove on the 401 from Guelph to Wabashine, ha, 
uh, with windows down because it was stupidly hot and it was better with the windows down and like you couldn't hear anything. Like you couldn't hear anybody say anything. A little hatchback like. But (laughs) the 80s and 90s, man, they were different times. We had storms. We were talking about this yesterday on Kitchen Table Talks. We We had lightning storms. We had storms that like you made your teeth rattle almost, you know, like big boomers and winter storms that you'd wake up and you're like, holy cow, I can't even believe this happened. And now it's the weirdest. And I firmly believe again that it's because of what's happening in the skies. Anyway, I digress. Let's not get sidetracked. Mark Miller, who's the immigration minister, is criticizing Pierre Polyev in a kind of desperate way. The Toronto Star, which is propaganda media paid for by the government, Mark Miller's government, They're reporting Pierre Polyev claims 40 offenders were arrested 6,000 times in Vancouver in a year. Is that actually true? And the Toronto Star says that it's not true. However, like, I don't believe the Toronto Star over Pierre Polyev. I just don't. Um, And Mark Miller says, serial serial repeat bullshitter. I don't think he's talking about the Toronto Star, although he should be. I think he's talking about Pierre Polyev. And so that that seems desperate, right? Duncan D says, new PMO comms guru. We want the, P- the prime minister and the ministers to be more relatable. Mark Miller. Okay, we'll use words like pissed off and bullshitter. Yeah, great job, Mark Miller. Like, honestly. Stacy says, two times in the last three days, Mark has posted misinformation. Now he resorts to profanities. This guy doesn't understand the data and we're to trust him with immigration numbers? They all seem ideologically captured. The reality of the situation does not seem to matter to these people. They're going to push forward. The only answer is more immigration. That's it. That's the only answer to every single problem in Canada. The only answer is more immigration. It's incredible. Mark Friesen says the carbon tax we're paying is nothing more than a funding mechanism for Agenda 2030, has absolutely nothing to do with saving the planet. Yeah. And it's uh, UN, um, this is the foundation of the carbon tax, says this meme, the UN calls for international tax to raise $400 billion to develop financial development need or to, to finance development needs. A tax on carbon dioxide emissions in developed countries, a tax of $25 per ton would raise an estimated $250 billion per year collected by national authorities, but earmarked for international cooperation. So there, this is the money to fund the 2030 agenda worldwide. And we are paying it like suckers. I think that we should put an end to it. And I think that it's interesting that people don't believe that this is happening. Don't believe that our government would do this to us. They would. Charlebois says Bill C-282 is an awful idea. Here's why. Bill C-282 epitomizes misguided protectionism driven by vested interests and a lack of understanding of rural dynamics, risking harm to both consumers and diverse economic sectors. Its passage threatens to stifle competition and impede growth in Canada in Canada's agricultural and non-agricultural industries. Okay, so it's... Uh, Here, it's explained a little bit better. Essentially, this bill seeks to bestow immunity upon supply management from any potential future trade negotiations without offering increased market access to potential trade partners. In simpler terms, it risks holding all other economic sectors hostage solely to safeguard the interests of a small privileged group of farmers. This is far from an optimal scenario. 
Um, and the implications of this bill spell bad news for Canadians. Supply management, which governs poultry, eggs, and dairy production in Canada, has traditionally enabled us to fulfill our domestic needs. Under this system, farmers are allocated government-sanctioned quotas to produce food for the nation, while high tariffs are imposed on imports of items such as chicken, butter, yogurt, cheese, milk, and eggs. Now, this is why the UK walked away from... Um, bilateral talks, I think like just the two countries. And that's where you gain your best advantage. Your highest advantage is when you're just one-on-one, right? Um, They walked away because of our unwillingness to budge because this law was in the pipeline and going to be passed. And it looks like it's going to get royal assent as well. So that's pretty wild. And Canada is not doing anything to change that. I think Polyev has said he'll change it. Um, This model has been in place for over five decades, ostensibly to shield family farms from economic volatility. However, despite the implementation of supply management, Canada has witnessed a decline in the number of farms compared to the United States, where a national supply management scheme does not exist. And and so there are places as well in the world, um, New Zealand and Australia are a couple of examples, that don't have supply management anymore, but did have supply management in the late 90s. And they, it was like a six-year rollover. So there was the first three years was like de-investing or divesting quota. And then three years after that, um, like the open market and stages type deal, like open stage one, two, and three. And then after after that, it was governed in the new way, like the new way is rolled out fully. So it happened pretty quick, really, like when you imagine it, and the dairy industry expanded like a lot in New Zealand. So expand, like, expanded in a way that was, um, they were able to um, export some pro- like products like cheese and things like that. Um, all sorts of interesting economic impacts, positive ones. And if you look at that and compare it to Canada, the potential for really positive economic outcomes would would be obvious as well i think but we don't because well we're not allowed right we're not allowed and if you think the conservative party under pierre polyev is going to change that oh man i i don't know why why didn't harper then right just doesn't seem likely to me but i could be wrong uh bradshaw says in canada every trudeau media pushes the climate change scam they don't want you to fly drive heat your home or even Uh, breathe but ctv will write an article about taylor swift taking a private jet from japan to the super bowl i guess celebrities and politicians think that they don't emit anything so ctv news really put out taylor swift prepares for an epic journey to the super bowl will she make it right and they're just fine with her spending you know time 13 hours on a private jet to get to the super bowl and then turning around and 13 hours on the way back Yay. Good job, Taylor Swift. We're so glad you could make it. Um, I guess you can sleep on the plane, right? Like once you're in the air, you can just have a nap and then, you know, like a couple hours when you get up. And if it's a private plane, it doesn't really matter all that much. But, but that seems like a lot. Stephen Miller, let's talk about immigration and invasions. And it seems like what's happening is not your run-of-the-mill immigration. It seems like a full-blown invasion, especially at the U.S. southern border. Stephen Miller says, everyone watching this clip as Senator... Everyone watch this clip. As Senator Rubio explains, A, the Senate migration bill allows Mayorkas to grant rapid asylum to illegals, and B, under federal law, asylum is an automatic five-year path to citizenship. In other words, the Senate bill is a citizenship bill for illegals. And so it's just a minute long. Do we need to listen to Marco Rubio? I've, I've basically encapsulated it there. So we'll just carry on. Uh, But that's happening in the U.S. as well. They're trying to, in the U.S., in Canada as well, they're trying to slide in these legalese. And when people get upset, like people are upset now because they can't afford a house, 
That's not happening in the U.S. yet, but it will if they keep up with this immigration. But they have 10 times the population of Canada, or they did. Roughly 10 times. Maybe it's nine times now. But um, when it was 30 million, they have 300 million, right? 10 times. So they have a lot more capacity because they just have that much more capacity. And the states are a little bit more autonomous than the provinces, although the provinces should be autonomous, but they don't act very autonomous. Um, White North says, Immigration Minister Mark Miller says, high numbers of temporary immigrants are not the only factor to consider. Of course not. Minister and his party flooded Canada with migrants, refugees, students, and immigrants and says it doesn't impact housing. What a joke, right? How can you believe this guy? Does he even understand his file? No, clearly not. Clearly not. And that, I mean, it's all interesting to me. Careless to attribute affordability crisis to immigration. Oh, it's careless to point at an apple and say, hey, is that an apple there? Really, honestly. As, can, as Canadians continue to face a housing affordability crisis, Immigration Minister Miller says higher numbers of temporary immigrants are not the only factor to consider. This is something that we can't discount, said Miller, but I think it's careless to attribute to that directly to immigration and directly to sheer volume. There's lots of reasons for that. In an exclusive interview with Omni News, Miller admitted that record immigration levels have driven up what economists call the cost of shelter, but immigrants continue to be an asset for Canada. Yeah, sure they are. I rolled, I scrolled down a little bit. Calling the volume disconcerting, Miller said the number of international students would have risen to approximately 1.4 million if Ottawa didn't put controls on it, adding that the measures were necessary to maintain the integrity of the system. Uh, last week, colleges and universities called on the government to delay the implementation of these measures as they pose a significant threat to Canada as post-secondary sector. Right, because cash money. I'll show you that in a second. During a press conference in King City, Ontario on Friday, Prime Minister Trudeau rejected the idea saying that the financial viability of institutions doesn't stack up against the impact that a lack of support systems for students is having on their mental health. What about the impact on the economy and the price of housing, sir? Here is the price, uh, the, the missing money that a reduction in international students would cause is being topped up by Doug Ford in Ontario anyway. Colin DeMello is reporting, colleges and universities are set to receive financial support from Queen's Park as the Ford government looks to shore up post-secondary institutions that have raised concerns about their long-term financial survival. Their long-term, they've stacked their entire foundation and future on foreign students and an increasing, an ever-increasing number of foreign students. They're addicted to the money. And now they're like, you know, we're going to need some money. And if you don't give a good product, if you have, say you have a thousand seats and of the thousand seats, 200 are really like worthwhile, but the other 800 don't actually get jobs or don't actually aren't able to use the degree they get, like the gender studies and things like that. In the usual order of things, people would stop enrolling in the ones that don't make money and that don't get a job or don't deliver them the education they need to operate in the modern world. They would just, that would drop off naturally because nobody would pay for it because it doesn't go anywhere, right? You'd hear people say, well, I did that gender study thing, blah, blah, blah. But we are in a situation where the colleges and universities are paid by the woke people who they've injected into the governments with government grants and things like that. And the rules have been changed in order to facilitate even more woke destruction of the college and university through mass migration of people being brought from other countries to the university directly, right? And it's just wild. It's absolutely incredible to see because like the, it's self-sustaining. It's, it's, they, they, they send their 
they send their acolytes out and the acolytes get into important positions and then take care of their own and make more make more true believers through this indoctrination center that we call school. It's crazy. And now the government's funding it because the federal government's putting a stop to it because the federal government is facing, well, people are not happy with it, right? So the federal government has to respond or they're going to be bodily removed maybe, um, or maybe trucks will return to Ottawa, right? Something unthinkable. Um, but, and, and so they're responding. And so the and so the Ford government is responding to prop up the universities. And again, I remember um, when I was in high school, um, trying to, you know, get into college or whatever. Um, I remember the schools then asking for government money. And I thought, if you can't make money, if your products aren't worthwhile to sell without the government subsidy, like, then maybe, maybe it deserves to fail. Maybe it should fail. Anyway, um, Patty says, Hello, everyone. Thanks very much for watching. This is just a short version of a longer show. If you'd like to get the whole show, you can go over to canadapoly.com and sign up for a subscription. Just look in the drop down tab for shop and donate and look for subscriptions and you'll get immediate access to the full show. Love to see you. Thanks for watching, everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful.